Gospels this morning, I would like you to turn to the, to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 this morning. You know, God knows, he, he, he knew human history before history happened. <laughs> God, knowing that throughout human history, matters of money would be an essential issue, God, knowing this, gave us essential instructions regarding money throughout his word, the Bible. This book right here, this book that you hold in your hands, either paper or leather or electronic, the book that you hold in your hands instructs us, this book instructs us on providing for our present and future needs. This book addresses that. This book, this book speaks to us about extending his kingdom with our material resources. This book, this book instructs us on how we can equip successive generations so that they too can walk in God's blessing and be a blessing for the kingdom of God. This book gives a great deal of instruction about all of those things. This book, the Bible, has so much to say about money. It has a lot to say about money. In fact, there are over 2,000 verses related to finances throughout the Bible. 2,000 separate verses related to finance throughout the Word of God. There are more verses that speak about our finances than there are about prayer and faith combined. Think about that. More verses relating to finances, now that's not to put down prayer or faith, it's just there's a lot there. In the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're going to be reading from Matthew here, but in the four Gospels alone, there are 288 verses that deal with finances or money. That's a lot. That's a lot. Jesus, in those Gospels, recorded in the Gospels, also said a lot about money. Now, again, some people think, boy, you know, the, the, the things of faith and things of finances should be separate. They, 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 they don't mix very well. And yet Jesus said a great deal about money. Of the 38 parables, a parable was a story that Jesus told to communicate an eternal truth. We're going to be looking at one of those parables today. But of the 38 parables, stories that Jesus told to communicate an eternal truth, 16 of them have something to do with either possessions, our possessions, or money. 16 of 38. It's a high percentage. Jesus said more about money than he said about love. Again, not to put down love, but he said more about money than he said about love. Jesus said more about wealth Jesus said more about wealth than he did about heaven and hell combined. Now there is a heaven and there is a hell, and he spoke to those things, but he spoke even more about our wealth, our possessions, the things that we hold for a time. So it's safe to say, I I mention all of those little 
interesting facts, hopefully interesting to you. I mention all of those facts because it's safe to say that God is highly concerned about how we interact with money. God is very concerned about that. And, and, and I've, I've mentioned this before in different settings that, that think of, uh, uh, is, there, is there hardly anything that we spend more time upon? When you factor in how much time we spend making money, there are many of you here that work at least 40 hours a week, often 50, 60, 70, 80 or more hours a week. You spend a lot of time making money. We, we spend a, a lot of time spending money. Now, if you, if, you, if you spend more time spending money than making money, we got another problem. But we spend a lot of time spending money or managing money or figuring money or, or paying bills, all of these different things. When we think about our time in relation to money, it's a lot. So why would God say, uh, I, I don't want to speak to that? Well, he didn't. He, he did speak to it, and we see that throughout the word. Now, I, I need to give a, 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 this a little bit of a disclaimer as well. Some people get kind of nervous when a pastor speaks about money, like he's, like he's building up to something, like he's, 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 he's got a... I am not preaching this message, and the messages, the few messages that will follow because of some upcoming project. There, there isn't. Oh, there's always things, but not, not a, we're, not, we're not having a building project. Now, that's, not why I'm, that's not why I'm speaking to this. I, I, I'm not, and, and some of you maybe who are newer, you need to understand this as well. I'm not preaching this because it increases my income. I'll be, I'll be very straight up. I, I, I receive a salary, but, but it's, it's set, it's, it's set and, 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 and I don't get a percentage of what comes in. Some churches, that is the case, where the, the pastor receives a percentage. I, 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 I'm really glad it's not that way because th- that gives me the ability to speak very openly. I don't get a cut of what comes in, and, and, and I, I wouldn't want it that way. So, so this does not benefit me. If I did, then, then I would be very remiss and in, in, very wrong in, in speaking to this. My purpose, rather, in bringing this brief series of messages is because the Bible says a lot about money. And and if God says a lot about it, if God gives attention to it, if God says our faith and our finances are really important to talk about together then so must we give attention to it. I am bringing this because this book says so much about it. And if I say I'm not going to talk about money, then I ignore a lot of what's in this book. And I'm going to answer to this someday. I mean, I really am. Because God's called me to do this, and so I have to and, 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 and delight in speaking to it. Also, and I need to add this, it's secondary to the primary reason, but I need to add this. As a pastor, I have too many times seen people make destructive choices with their money. I have, in the many years of pastoring, I have seen far too many people take this very important element called finance or money and make choices that really bring about destruction. Choices that they made that resulted in tremendous hardship to them and, 
and, and to other members of their family. I mean, I mean, really bad choices that have a detrimental effect upon them and successive generations, and I'm tired of it. I, I don't like to see that. I have seen people make choices that result in, in heartache and, and stress and division within family. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I often listen, if I'm driving around town, I, uh, I listen to, to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> some of you have heard some of his stuff, and it's good. I mean, he's a, he's a follower of Jesus Christ, and there's some really sound biblical principles in all of that, and I'm not here promoting that, although we, we do have Financial Peace University occasionally here, and, and there will be another opportunity, I'm sure, at some point in the future, but, but th- 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 there's some great principles. But I hear these stories, people calling in, and, and I hear the ravages, the bad results that come about because people ignore these biblical principles in regards to our finances, things that could have been avoided, things that were absolutely avoidable had they known. Some people just don't know what this book says about our finances. A lot of people don't know what what this book, the principles that God gave us, knowing human history, that God gave us so that we don't make those bad choices. Heartache that could have been avoided had they known and put into practice these sound biblical principles, and a principle is timeless. A principle means it worked, works not only now, but 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and should the Lord not yet return 100 years from now. These biblical principles. So, you need to know, I give that long disclaimer, you need to know that these messages that I'm going to be bringing to you are to instruct and not to exploit. That, that, that if you get a hold of some of these things, it can be truly life-changing for you and your family. There are going to be some things that I'm going to give you. Now, you need to know I, I am not the final word on all things financial, but I have lived long enough and I know God's word well enough to know that there are some powerful principles that if we put them into practice, if we know them and put them into practice, it will change your life. And so don't check out mentally and don't avoid here. So I want you here. I want you here. And, and, and if, you, if you absolutely can't be here, then I want you to listen to it. Again, I don't have all of the answers. And really to, to in, in just a few messages, put all of the information that the Bible says into three messages is really an undoable thing. But I'm going to trust the Lord that he will begin to work miracles in you in, and in the finances that he has given you. So Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, you have it before you, Matthew 25, I want you to look at verses 14 and following. So go down to verse 14, beginning there, it reads this way, for it will be like a man going on a journey, this is a parable, a story Jesus is telling, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one person he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. 
He who had received the five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid important word. I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. His master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. Verse 29, for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, there's a lot there. There, there's a lot in those, those few verses, in that one story, that one parable. of Jesus. There's a lot there, more than what we're going to cover this morning. But perhaps the most important thing to understand right up front about our possessions and our money, our, uh, uh, about money and possessions and really anything, is that God owns everything. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that. God, you can write it on the side of your Bible. God owns everything. That's really important. When we're talking about material resources, it's really important to understand right up front that God owns everything. Look again at verse 14. It says, Before a man went on a journey, he called his servants and entrusted to them his property. That's a quote. His servants and his property. It was always the master's servants and the master's property. And throughout the story that we read here in very, very briefly, throughout the story, the servants were never their own. They were always a servant of the master, and the property was always the master's property. Do you see that? It, it, it was used by someone, but it was always the master's property, and they were always the master's Servants. So what, what was Jesus telling the people who were listening to that story for the first time? And what is Jesus telling us? He's telling us that everything that we are, we're the servants, and everything we have, his wealth, is really only his. 
It's really only his. Everything that we are and everything that we have is already his. That's really important to understand. In John chapter 1, verses, chapter 1, verse 3, we are told this, all things were made through Christ and without him was not anything made that was made. It says again, all things were made through him and without him there was not <coughs> anything made that was made. Everything, everything in this world was made by the hand of God. That's really important to understand. Everything in this world was made by the hand of God. Psalm 24.1 tells us, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. So here, right there in, in Psalm 24.1, he's saying that everyone is the Lord's and everything in the world is also the Lord's. Everything, everything. Psalm chapter 50 Verse 10, God said this, Every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Just a few days ago, Friday afternoon after the funeral, we went out to, to the, the ranch where I grew up, and we were on that, and, and, and we were looking, and, and all of a sudden a herd of deers goes across there. And, 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 it, and it struck me because I've been you know, preparing this message, and I thought, yeah, you know what? Those deer that are on there, they aren't mine or anyone else's. That's, th those are the Lord's. <laughs> the, the, the land that, that, that can be in a person's name, it's not, we only hold it for a time, but it's really the Lord's. This is God's world. Everything. It's from this text, Psalm 50, verse 10, that we, we say God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And, 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 and that's true. And, and, and because Psalm 24, 1 that we saw just before, because it says the whole earth is the Lord's, that means that he also owns the hills under the cows. He owns everything. Listen, when you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it was a few moments ago or many, many years ago, when you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you acknowledged that you and all you have is the Lord's. When you surrendered your life, however long ago it was, when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, I give you my life, you acknowledged that everything that you, now it was already his, it was already, I mean, God, God has, he, he owns the title to everything. But when you came to him, you finally realized that everything that I am and everything that I have is already the Lord's. You see, that house that you live, particularly if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that when, if you thought that you possessed it, when you gave him your life, you gave him everything. You didn't say, Lord, I will give you all of my life except all of my possessions. I doubt that anyone prayed that prayer. Lord, I will give you my life, but I will not give you my job. I doubt that anyone prayed that. When you prayed it, you gave him everything. It was, it was a full surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. This was an unconditional surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. That house you live in, that house you live in, get ready, that house you live on or live in, it, 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 it is, it, it, it's not yours. And, and it's not the bank's either, by the way. It, the, the, its building materials came from his forest and the concrete in the foundation came from his quarry. 
God, God owns all of that. that that's, that's his house. That, that food that you ate this morning or that you will eat later on today, it grew out of his earth. The car that you drove here today was made out of material from his resources. It's fueled by petroleum that came out of his supply. You say, well, I drive an electric car. Well, he gave the wind that powered it or the, 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 the current that, 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 that generated it. Everything that we have is the Lord. You, you don't believe it? Well, you know what? Even the very breath that you breathe is because he gave it to you. You think that you don't own everything? Guess what? In just a moment's time, your life can be over and everything that you have is left behind and it goes back to the original owner, the one who was always the owner. It's all the Lord's. You may be thinking, wait a minute, I worked hard for all of those. I worked hard for that house. I worked hard for that, that car. I worked hard for that food, those possessions. I worked hard for and I have the pay stubs and, and all of the receipts to prove it. That may be true, but the only reason that you can work or think or manage is because he gave you the ability to do so. The Bible says that he gave us the ability to create wealth. He gave you the ability. It's all His. Even the very mind and the body with which you labor is not your own. Again, I, I actually used this reference a few weeks ago in, in regards to something else, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says this, You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Even, I mean, think of you know, the, the, what, what, what possessions are, are most precious to us. You may have a, a vehicle or your house or some collection or something. Actually, the most precious possession that I have is right here. This is my ring. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's my most precious because it, it signifies uh, my marriage to my wife. And, and boy, I tell you what, anything else, this will be the last thing. If, I, if, if, I, if things turn tough, this will be the last thing that I get rid of right here. This will be the last thing that goes to the hawk shop right there. Sorry, honey. Your ring will go before mine. This one is staying right here. But even this is his. You think of what's more precious to us than even all of our possessions is our body. But when I gave my life to him, I gave, I am not my own. You are not your own. There's not a thing that you fully possess. Especially if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You gave him everything. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Very early on, very early on as a, as a boy, I learned about tithing. Now, you're not going to hear much about that today. You'll, you'll hear about it later, but um, I, I learned about, about tithing. I, I got my first job at age seven, and I was taught the biblical principle, principle, timeless principle, that 10% of everything I made went back to God. Starting at age seven, um, I, I've, I've practiced that, and God, God has blessed it and honored it, but I started that at age seven. But you know, I have to, I have, 
I'm not bragging because here's, 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 the, here's the really bad part. It wasn't until I was in my 20s. You see, I had this mentality that, that okay, 10% is God's, 90% is mine. I, I, had, I, th- I thought that. 10% is his, 90% is mine. And it wasn't until I was in my, <clears throat> excuse me, into, into my 20s that I realized it's all his. That, that, that in obedience, I give that 10% back to him, but it's really all his. And that really, I remember in, I was uh, late 20s when it, when it really kind of dawned on me, maybe mid-20s, when, when I realized that, that everything that I have, everything that I spend, everything that I buy, purchase, manage, whatever, it's actually all his. And that really had a, a, a revolutionary uh, mindset, change of mindset in my life because I realized that that I'm going to be accountable not just for the 10%, but for the 100%. That, that the, the, the things that I do with, all of the things that I do with my money, his money, because it's all his, his money is important to him. That was a big day. That was a big day. Not just one-tenth of it, all of it. That we are, you, you saw that verse earlier, that that we are his, well, it was, it was the one earlier, that we are his servants and that we hold that it's all his property. It's all his. It's all his. This is very important. That, and, and if you get a hold of this, that, that you're his servant and that, that it's his property, it changes everything. You know, there have been so many times, really, hundreds, probably thousands of times, no, certainly thousands of times, where I have said things like this, Lord, that's not my house, that's your house. I prayed it. Uh, we were leaving uh, on Tuesday to go to Rapid City, and, and I had the sump hoses out, and I had the sump pumps ready to go, and, I, and I, we, we prayed. I said, Lord, this is your house. <laughs> so don't, don't let the water get in. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't, thank the Lord. Uh, but but uh, there have been many times where I said, Lord, that's your car. There have, been, there have been thousands of times where I've said, Lord, it's not my church, that's your church. I don't own it. My name isn't on it. It's, it's yours. The things that I hold, this body, it's not my body, this is your body. I pray that when I've been sick, Lord, I gave you this when I, this has always been, but, but I, I, I surrendered my life to you, and I, so I give you my body. I tell you what, you get a hold of this, and it'll change how you view things. That that is not mine, it's his so if he wants to do something with it that I don't necessarily want to do with it, I'm going to go with him rather than with me. So if God wants to use my house and, and, and help someone out or invite someone over and have them stay in our house, then that's fine. If God wants to use my car and it gets worn out in, in the course of his business, then that's okay. He's going to provide me with another one. And it really changes how we view things that everything that I have is his. It's his. Get that in your heart. So this is very, very important. There's a second principle I want you to see in these verses, and it's this. God gives us, for a time, some of his wealth. God gives us, for a time, 
some of his well. Look at verses 14 and 15 again. It says, again, a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property, his servants, his property, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. It's the beginning part of the story. Now, a couple of things that I want you to see in these verses. First, it says, the master gave. Do you see that? It says, the master gave. He gave. You see that word gave. Very, very important. They were his servants, and it was his wealth, but for a time, he gave them some of his wealth. He gave. I, I, I want to emphasize this very central truth to Scripture and central truth to all of time and eternity, and that is that that it is a part of God's nature to give. It's a part of God's nature to give. The, the nature of God, while I don't want to narrow it down to just one, one dimension, but it's a, it's a very significant part of God's nature, is that he is a very giving God. He's a giving God. I want you to get that. He's a giving God. He created this world. You can read it in the early chapters of the book of Genesis, And it also refers to it as we saw earlier in John chapter 1. But it says he created this world and then he gave it to us. We are to be stewards of it. He created this world and gave it to us. He gave us, later on in the Bible, he gave us his laws, not as a restriction, but as a protection and a guide. He gave us his laws. He gave us his word the Word of God, the Bible, to guide us. He gave this. He didn't have to, but He did. He gave us His Word to guide us. He gave us His Son to die for us and forgive us. The Bible says He gave us His Holy Spirit to comfort us, empower us, and instruct us. He gave us prayer so that we could speak to Him. I could go on and on and on this morning talking about all of the things that God has given us. Let me just say this. Can you just say, can you just, can, can we just praise the Lord for a moment for what he's given us? Just say that. Just praise the Lord. He's given us so much. Thank God for what he's given us. Given us strength in the storm. How many of you have gone through storms in recent weeks or months or years? All of you. And he gives you strength for the storm. We serve a giving God. <coughs> but this powerful story that Jesus told again reminds us that our Lord gives things to his servants. It says again there, you see it before you, going on a journey, called his servants, trusted them, his property. To one he gave, he gave. To another he gave, to another he gave. It also says here that he gave varying amounts of talents to three of his servants. One five, one two, and the last one he gave one. The word talent was not used then as it is today. If, if, somebody, uh, if somebody were to say you have a talent of something, uh, talent now usually refers to a person's ability or a skill or some some area of proficiency, oh, you say, oh, that is such a talented person. Um, I, I think that it actually originated here, but back then when Jesus told this story, uh, a talent was a monetary unit. 
It was generally of silver. It was like a, it was like a large disc or a brick or a loaf of silver. In some ca- occasions, it was even gold. But uh, a, a talent of silver was the equivalent of 6,000, here's a little bit of technical stuff, 6,000 denarii, which would have been more than 20 years of wages in the time that Jesus told the story. Now, some of you didn't know that. You just looked at that and you go, you're thinking a talent, so they got like a silver coin. No, this would have been like lots and lots and lots of silver coins. And you think about this. If we were to translate this into today's money, and, and even, at a, even at a lower wage, when you factor up 20 years of money, we're talking some serious coinage here, people. And so, I, you know, everybody loves a good story. When Jesus is telling this story, I can just see those people going, five talents? Wow, that's like a hundred years of money. And then two talents, that's like 40 years, that's a lifetime of money. Even the guy that got one, you know, I used to go, oh, the poor guy, you know, just, how would you, I wouldn't feel sorry for you if somebody loaned you interest-free uh, uh, 20, 20 years of, of, of income. Some serious coinage. That's what a talent was. But it was just a portion of the master's wealth, but the master gave it to his servants for a time. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Let's bring it down to us. Let's move away from, from first century to 21st century. I want you to think for a moment of the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and for some of you, the millions of dollars that will pass through your account in your lifetime. You say, well, I don't make very much. Well, yeah, but you stack it up 20, 30, 40 years, we're talking a lot of money. I don't care who you are, there's going to be a lot of money that's going to pass through your accounts or that has passed through your accounts in your lifetime, and God is concerned about every bit of it, regardless of the amount whether it's hundreds of thousands or it's millions or in some cases multiple millions, you'll only hold it for a time. You'll only hold it for a time. It's going to come in and it's going to cost some, you know that. It comes in and it goes out very, very quickly. But you're only going to hold it for a time. Whatever it is that you have, and it's all his, the life that you have, which is limited, You'll only hold that for a time. I was again reminded of this this last week, that we bring nothing of monetary value into this world and we take nothing of monetary value out of it. We brought nothing in. I don't care what they tell you. No kid was ever born with a silver spoon in his or her mouth. It's true. Because if it did, that would be written up in the books, wouldn't it? And mom would remember it too. Wow, that hurts, right? And, and, and no one can take anything out. You can't take it with you. I mean, we know this. But what we need to be reminded that what we have, we only hold for a time. But in our lifetimes, this, this, is, this is talking about money. It's, it's talking about other things as well, the, the, the other resources that he gives us. Time, 
abilities and so forth. It's talking about all of that, but it's also, we can't say it's talking about all of those things and not talking about money. It's also talking about money. In our lifetimes, we will be held responsible for what he gives us right here. We will be held responsible for what he gives us right now. Not 10% of it, not 50% of it, 100%. We will be held accountable for all that he gives us the time that we spend doing it. We will give an account. Someday we will give an account. But often, here's the thing. You know what we often do? I, got, I was just studying the scripture and studying the scripture. You know what we often do? The problem is we often waste time wondering why we haven't been given as much or more than others. Now, I don't know the rest of this story, but I've often wondered, did the guy who got one talent look at the guy who got two or ten and go, why didn't I get that much? But I know that we do that now. I know that sometimes we look around and we go, oh, well, I sure wish I had as much as she did. Well, I sure wish that I had, and boy, that's the, that is a message of this world, this whole you know, financial class warfare thing. It's pitting poor against the real. Oh, I get so tired of this. You know, we spend a way too much time. We spend an inordinate amount. We spend, we spend way, it's a waste of time to look and see what someone else has and what we don't. The reality is that instead of looking and wondering why they got more or that person got less, instead of wondering that, you know what we should do? We should be focused on being faithful with what he's given us. I look at this story, this, true, this story that Jesus told, it really, he really told it, and he told it not just for them, but for us also. The focus is not what they had, but what they did with it. And some of you need to just repent. Some of you just need to repent and, 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 and stop focusing on what you don't have, or what you do have, or what somebody else does or doesn't have. You need to stop looking at that and say, this is what God has given me a lot or a little, and I'm supposed to be faithful with this. It's interesting, isn't it, that at the, and we'll look more at this, that, that, that Jesus said the same thing, exact same thing to the person who had the five and who multiplied it, and the person who had two and multiplied. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. The, the, the blessing was not in how much, the blessing is what they did with whatever they had. Finances. We need to be faithful with what he's given us. I don't know about you. I don't know how much. And it's not my business to know. It's not my business to know how much is going to come into your accounts and flow out of your accounts in your lifetime. And really, quite frankly, I don't care. It's not, it's not my business. But I do care very much about what we do with what God has given us for a time. We hold on to for just a time. What do we do with it? There's a lot more that I could share this morning, but time does not permit me to do, but I want you to come back. But let me, now listen to, these, listen to these two points again. Number one, God owns everything. He owns everything. I want you to get that this morning. If you get nothing else this morning, I want you to get that. God owns it all. Everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that you hope to be, it's all His. It's all His. It's not 10% His, 90% yours. It's one. It, Everything that you are, everything that you have, it's his. And the second point is, again, he gives us, for a time, some of his wealth. I want you to get these two foundational principles. 
And, and, then, and then here's the thing, and this is what excites me. It's gonna, it, it excites me. I've been looking forward to this. I've been planning this for some months, uh, uh, this, this series of messages. I'm very excited about what God is going to do in some of, and, there, and there's, in fact, there's going to be some, I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm praying for this, but I want you to be aware of this as well. There are some of you who have been in generational strongholds that there were, there were some things that were not taught to you or some wrong things that were taught to you in regards, and it, and it, has, it has kept you in absolute financial bondage for, for, uh, for much of your life. But I, I'm saying this, that, that the, the supernatural God who manifests himself in ma- various ways, I believe is going to speak to many of you, and, and you're going to look back and you're going to say, I don't remember who preached it, and that's just fine. I don't remember who preached it, but I remember what God did in my life and transformed not just my life, but my finances. And, and I'm, I'm excited about what, there, 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 there are too many people, there are too many people, followers of Jesus Christ, who have not followed sound biblical truths, biblical principles, who are, are unnecessarily living with great difficulty today, and God has another plan. God has another plan for you, so I want you to come back, and I want uh, I want to trust God. So, here's what I'd like us to do. <clears throat> here's what I'd like us to do. Before all that, and we're going to close in a very very different way. I think I may have done this one time before, some time ago, but um, I, I want us to do this. If if you have it with you, I want you to take your wallet this morning. Go ahead and reach in. We're not going to take an offering, but I want you to get this in your hands. A wallet, a money purse, a checkbook. If you don't have one with you, steal it out of the person's hand next to you. Just go ahead and grab it. Um, some of you may not have it, but grab your car keys. And I, I just, again, we're not, we're not having an offering. Um, uh, but I, I want us to, you know, so often we, we believe, uh, by the way, of the laying on of hands. So maybe you saw some people up here earlier. We, we laid hands on them and we prayed for them. Because I think there's something very powerful about tangible and and praying for something. So um, I, I brought my wallet here this morning, in, and, and, and it has all of that, that, a lot of that financial stuff in here. And so uh, I'm going to hold it in my hand, but I'm, uh, because I want to commit it again to the Lord. I've done this many times. I've held my checkbook in, in our home as I'm, I'm doing the finances, and I'm saying, God, I don't know how, but I've, I've, I've held that checkbook, and I've committed it to the Lord. I'd like you to do this as well. Some of you, this is going to be the very beginning of a, of a pretty big transformation in your life, because maybe for the first time, you're realizing today that God, that, 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 that my faith and my finances are not separate entities, but God has a plan for what I do with, the, with, the, with his wealth that I have for a time in my hands. And so, so we're going to trust God. We're going to pray, and and I'm going to. Uh, well, you, you, uh, I want you to agree with me in prayer, right? So you have it there. You have it in your hands. You don't need to hold it up, but just hold it in your hands. And I want us to pray, Lord Jesus. Now, in in our in our time of closing, we ask that you will. That you will work miracles, that you will work miracles. What we hold in our hands is just a very small portion, or it represents um, uh, many of the, f- the financial resources that we currently hold for a time. But Lord, in holding this, I acknowledge that this is yours. All that, all that this represents, it, it's, it's yours. My, my, my home, 
my finances, my savings, my investments, my land, my property, my being, my possessions, my, my debts, my whatever, Lord. We, we, whatever it is, we, we give it to you. The knowledge or the understanding that we currently have, Lord, we commit that to you as well. And I pray that in these days and weeks ahead, you would speak to us and we pray for breakthroughs, for spiritual breakthroughs in our finances. I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that, that people who have, who, have, who have been taught wrongly or who have not been taught biblical truths in regards to our finances, your finances, that you would change us. So we commit this to you. We hold it in our hands, Lord, but we hold it loosely knowing that uh, one day it's all going to be going back to you and, and we will give an account in our lifetimes for everything that comes, uh, our time, our finances, our abilities, uh, the people that you place in our homes, Lord, we, we commit it all to you. But that includes our money, Lord. It's not separate. It's yours. So we thank you. So now, Lord, I ask your blessing. Would you stand with me, please, as we close in prayer? Lord, I thank you again for these people. I thank you for their lives, for their hearts, for their minds, for their families, for their jobs. Thank you, Lord, I ask your blessing upon them, that you would give wisdom and direction through your word. I give them, I pray, Lord, we commit this week to you. <laughs> in my hand, Lord, it also includes my calendar in here. So I give my calendar, give my time to you give my resources to you, give pictures of my family in here, I give my family to you. So Lord, I, I, I ask this and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We look forward to another day, Lord, when we will gather together in heaven. And we long to hear the words that you spoke to those two servants, the ones who were faithful. We long to hear the words, well done, you're a good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your reward. We look forward to hearing that. Um, but help us to live this day and this week in light of that day, that event. So we pray this, Lord. Your blessing upon every person here. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, say amen. amen. God bless you. Go in the presence and the power and the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ.